we'd like to take a moment to tell you about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Now, let's get to the show. What's the best way to reduce? Eat plenty or starve yourself? 30 pounds in just 18 weeks, Jenny Craig totally worked. I love to eat, but overeating made it impossible to lose weight. My body wants bread and I'm going to give my body what it wants. Oh my God. <laughs> so I Naturally. Medical studies prove that overeating is the number one reason for weight gain. If you need to lose weight, you Welcome to Fat Camp, a podcast that throws a comedy eye over our societal obsession of diets. Now, a little disclaimer, we are not health experts, but we are fad diet connoisseurs. I'm your host, comedian Grace Mulvey. And I'm your co-host, Connor Dowling. Welcome to Fat Camp. As we had so much to say on the topic of the TV show Super Size vs. Super Skinny in our previous episode, we decided we just had to make it a two-parter. We hope you enjoy part two now. I want to show you another thing. Um, this is another clip. This is a different um, couple again. Uh, Christine is the Super Skinny and Martin is the Super Size. I want to just show you the judgment of the voiceover them making each other eat food they actually don't like. This is one clip. So this is like a lunch, okay? Lunchtime provides some deja vu for Christine. It's another supersized bread-based binge. But having gone pickle-free at breakfast, the fatty fruit fanatic is laying down the law even further. I don't like cheese. (laughs) (sighs) No cheese, no pickle, just ham. For Martin, it's one of Christine's low-fat favourites. Sushi. Something this self-confessed junk food lover has never eaten. I'm dreading this raw salmon. Oh, it even smells sick. (laughs) I'm going to have to put something on that to make it edible. Okay. First of all, I just want to point out the Asian music or cultural appropriation much that they put over the moment they say sushi. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Oh, there's just a lot. It's a lot. It's very, we're not even qualified to be in this like problematic cultural appropriation territory, but let's do it. Let's get in there. I, the moment I saw that the first time, I, I was actually like, I can't, and the first, the first comment underneath it, because sometimes you have to love YouTube comments, first comment underneath it, that music's a bit of a problem. Yeah, it is. It's a huge problem. And unfortunately, Why they played that? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's one of the smaller problems of this it's, highly problematic show. It's the least problematic yeah. part of this clip. And it's pretty so, bad. What's your first take on it? Like from the the voiceover in particular really yeah. got me in this clip. Okay, so yeah, so he's putting together a bunch of sandwiches, ham and cheese. She yeah. doesn't like cheese. Um, she's, a bread-based you know, binge. Bread-based <laughs> buttery bastard binge. <laughs> a British bread-based buttery bastard binge. <laughs> and then he said, 
fructose fruit fanatic or something as yeah. well. I was like, yeah. what are you talking about? Uh, what's my reaction? I mean, it's just, it's just wrong. It's just all wrong. Like it's, yeah. there's so much wrong about it. She is never going to eat that much food. It wouldn't be right for her to eat that much food in one meal, even if she was at a quote unquote healthy weight. Um, He's going to eat this little plate of sushi, which, you know, a lot of dietitians will say like, okay, sushi, you get a bit of protein from the fish, but the, the all that white rice, like I've been told oh, by yeah. dietitians that uh, one piece of sushi is like one slice of white bread, you know, with all yeah. of that white rice. So I don't know what they're trying to get across here. I think they're literally, all this show is saying is, isn't it weird when a heavy person eats a skinny person's meal yeah. and a skinny person eats a heavy person's meal? I think that's all they're doing. And I, do you know what um, is so interesting to me is the judgment of what food they don't like. Like her saying, I don't like cheese. Like, yeah. even like that's, I just don't like cheese. And him being like, yeah, I don't like raw fish, which by the way, a lot of people do not like raw fish. Totally. You know what I mean? And sushi, by the way, is something that if you really want to get into it, it's kind of takes a while to get into it. I it, love absolutely. sushi now, but it can take a long yeah. time to get rid of the textures. It can be a little thing. Yeah. Exactly. So to be kind of like in this experiment, kind of you're diving straight into here's a big plate of sushi and you have to eat it, really is like, actually, this is probably going to make me hate this food because like, I don't want to straight away be eating, he has to eat seaweed, which is a really acquired taste. Um, But yeah, I I like the way you pointed out the sushi thing because I've been told by dietitians before, if you, by the way, I remember this and I'm just going to say this comment, when I was in Slimming World, once again, one diet's gold mind is another diet's, you can't touch this. Yeah. Sushi was incredibly high in what Slimming World used sins, sins as your okay, sort of, yeah. like kind of like Weight Watcher points sins, mm-hmm. even the terminology. I know. But I remember one guy who was really strict on Weight Watchers in one of our like um, Facebook groups went, "Oh my god, I'm after eating some sushi and I didn't realize it was avocado in it." Oh my god! I'm trying Raise to realize. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And now listen, I you know said a little prayer for him. He <laughs> he he goes. I'm after looking it up. That's 56 sins. Now you get about 15 sins a week. He's going to hell. Going to hell with all those sins. (laughs) He's he's going to hell for all those sins. He actually said in the next next comment, I think I'm going to make myself sick. I really want to make myself sick. Because I don't want to have had eaten all many of those sins. Yeah. That's how much of a mind fuck this stuff is that this guy is in a show is being said this is the best thing you can eat while in something like Slimming World they'll go oh you can't touch the issue that's that's just sin hell sin (laughs) city baby sin Sin city city population you and an avocado cue cue the oriental music (laughs) okay so I'm just going to show you as well now his reaction to the sushi um, to being made to eat this thing for the first time That was definitely the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life, seaweed. That should be illegal. Martin's had a nutritional boost, but he's sticking to his unhealthy attitude. That lunch was absolutely <laughs> I come very close to actually throwing up all over Christine. Well, I, I kind of, I kind of love his reaction in a weird, I, weird way. Um, I don't even know what word they've bleeped out. It was absolutely, <laughs> what did he say, balls? Bullshit? <laughs> I really want to know. It's us, but that seaweed thing where he's like, you know, eating seaweed yeah. and stuff. He is really didn't enjoy that meal. Um, yeah. Really unpleasant to watch someone kind of have that kind of like almost like 
puke reaction to totally. M food. Like this is a man, this is a man who eats ham and cheese sandwiches for lunch. You know, he eats multiple ham and cheese sandwiches. He's a bread-based British bastard binger, as we know, <laughs> uh, as we've been told. But ham and cheese sandwiches, very plain, very simple, yeah, you yeah, know, comfort, yeah. comfort food, yeah. uh, very yeah. um, simple textures, uh, simple flavors. And then clearly the producers on the show are like, right, well, let's put him with the person, you know, our super skinny contestant who eats the most unusual food compared to what he eats. So yeah. let's get the sushi person in. And like, you know, like, I don't know if it, if it was if it was made clear, but like the, the woman, she was an Asian woman. Yeah. You know, sushi is more common in Asian diet. Also, she said she doesn't like cheese. Cheese is less like common dairy's in not, an Asian diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hashtag dairy's fuck dairy. Nasty. You know, Hashtag fuck so, milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so there is, you know, and, and then of course, adding in that Asian, uh, you know, um, caricature type music, it makes it that extra layer of like problematic. So yeah. Yeah. There's a, a lot going on there. It's a lot to dissect. I have two more clips that I want to show you. These are not going to be meals, but kind of snacks and stuff like that. One thing I want to note very quickly is that this show pretty much sticks to the fact that people seem to eat the same thing all the time, mm. which we know in life is not true. So these whole things of the food diaries being like, this is what he eats every day. Like, no, it's not. Like a lot of people either change things up or, you know, have lives where suddenly you're having to take care of someone's sick or suddenly, you know, like not every yeah. not everything is consistent like this. But they also take into, a fact, into account snacks, okay? So this scene here can be kind of tough to watch because basically you have, these are two guys, um, Josh is the super skinny guy. And essentially he's done really well during the day eating the three meals from the super super size um, contestant or participant. So he is really happy with himself. But now he has to eat some of the snacks. Um, I'm just going to play the clip for you, okay? And it's actually just really quite, it's hard because obviously this guy, the super skinny guy you know has issues with food probably and eating those big meals was a big step for him so when he sees the snacks it can be a kind of tough watch josh may be patting himself on the back but day one isn't over yet josh josh you're right i've got a bowl of cornflakes for you are you joking no there you go. It's only a small bowl. It's not on the normal large size. It's, but it's uh, just a bowl of cornflakes. And I hate, I'm hating this. Too full and too angry to sleep. That music was so spooky. That music <laughs> straight away. Music? First of all, that music, I was like, this music is ridiculous. But <laughs> that straight away, what I get is how... how f- much I feel for the supersize lad. You know what I mean? The supersize participant that he has to go up and it's almost like this weird thing where it's like he knows he's going to be pissing this guy off. He's waking him up at 1am yeah. Yeah. to go up with his bowl of corn pizza, which by the way, a lot of us, I know in, you know, the nighttime might go and grab a bowl of cereal or something. It might be our little treat to ourselves or a cup of tea. People love that. But it's a lot of people keep that stuff shamefully secret because they don't like, they're worried about what people would think of them. So yeah, this guy going up and doing that, I'm like, that is incredibly brave. Not only is he doing it on television, but he's going up and essentially handing what he eats to someone else who is, and I understand what the the Josh, the super skinny guy is coming from in the sense that he's just pissed off. He's like, like, for him, this is a really tough thing to be doing. I'm not blaming him, but he's obviously angry. He's kind of being judgmental towards him, being like, 
are you joking? And I've seen this a number of times on this show where particularly the super skinny people are going, how can you do this? Like, as in they're actually asking them the question. It's really tough to watch. But that clip really got to me because it's set up as if jokey. The music is jokey. But I was like, it is. This was really hard to watch. The super skinny guy, Josh, in the bed is pissed off. And he's well, not hiding, there's it, the, you know. Absolutely. And like, uh, there's a number of things going on there. Like, I mean, first of all, you know, you're a person asleep in bed at 1am yeah. and suddenly the lights are on in your room. There's a camera crew <laughs> yeah. and a sound person in the room. And then this man is coming up to you with a bowl of cereal. And it's like, it's like, are you joking? Cover so many things of like, are you joking as in being in my room at this yes. fucking era with cameras? <laughs> yeah, what the yeah, fuck yeah, is going yeah, on yeah. here? Fuck this show. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still half asleep here. And then also, and now I have to eat this fucking bowl of cereal when like I probably wouldn't even eat that for my own breakfast because I've got, you know, yeah. eating uh, issues. Um, And then, yeah, the whole thing of this man is like being told, OK, you know, this like kind of shameful thing that, you know, you're, you're experiencing, like, let's parade that yeah. out. Um, yeah. for everyone to see and you're going to piss off someone who you've been possibly building some sort of relationship with over the past few days. Yep. Um, still don't know very well. Still don't yeah. know very well. Oh, you know what I mean? And if you're like, hungry, if if you're hungry now at 1am as you usually are, you can't eat. Oh yeah. Not lady, because you're on the show. Yeah. By the way, yeah. These people are going through things like particularly the supersized people who would be on whatever their way they eat now suddenly are being deprived of that food very quickly and are also now eating what an underweight person is eating. A person who's hmm. like has maybe more sporadic eating patterns yeah. is eating. So like that one I am thinking, I'm sure that guy was starving. I'm sure he went up totally. being like, I'm actually really hungry and now I have to be like judged for what I would have eaten. Yeah. It, yeah. That that clip, yeah, it was it was a tough one to watch. And you know what else I noticed about the bowl of uh, cornflakes? What? Milk. A lot of milk in it. <laughs> Fuck milk. Hashtag fuck milk. <laughs> I think what the worst part of that clip was the milk. I will oh, say this. How they, dare they? Whoever got the sound on that show, the, the crunch they got off that cornflakes was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, that had to have been A.D. Ort. Really? There was like someone sitting in a sound booth afterwards, just like <laughs> right in front of a it mic. Was, yeah. I was like really wanted to bottle a cornflakes there. Okay, listen. So that's the show itself. Okay. I'm going to quickly talk about some backlash to the show. Um, you'll be happy to hear there was what, a bit there's been of backlash. backlash to the show. Oh, I know. I, it's weird. I don't know. How? I think we're just all snowflakes who take things too seriously. And <laughs> um, just a few are now. They're not that much, guys. I will say this: not that much backlash. I have done some pretty extensive research in the last evening. Um, as we know, as we know from doing this show, it is so hard to find the controversy, the backlash. You know, anytime you Google a, a, a health uh, or a, a fad diet, uh, you all you can come up with is positive reviews. Yeah. The yeah. benefits, you know, this it, changed my life for the worse. It, actually, it changed my life. It actually, you know, Connor, I'm so happy you brought this up because I sometimes I'm like, are we alone in this? Like I, but you know what it is? It's because yes. obviously the money is... <laughs> <laughs> we're, all, we're all alone. <laughs> Grace, I hate to break it to you. No. No, no one listens to the show. It's just talking to the walls. Um, no, but like, I think it's, once again, it's the money behind it. You are very rarely going to find credible um, people critiquing these diets because yeah. the the diet industry has so much money behind it that they are literally the first, I don't know, I'd say 10 pages of Google search yeah. is going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. I lost all this weight, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, it's so hard to find people who are also willing to admit, yeah, do you know what? Well, I did it. lose weight even for the first yeah. one, but then of course I put it back on and like got more, you know what I mean? All this sort of stuff. With this, I found two 
I found a few blogs and stuff like that, but two articles in newspapers that um, really went into it. One of them in 2012, so while the show was running, still had two more years on the air, and another one in 2018, which was kind of almost like looking back at it. I've okay. so I found some articles going, listen, what the hell was going on with the noughties and diet shows? It was a really insane time. But this one from the Daily Mail, which is very interesting, Daily Mail in 2012. Normally, I would say the sponsor of diets, the Daily Mail. Zoe Edwards had a really interesting article where... Um, be eat which is like a eating disorder um uh kind of like charity or non-profit came out and said this show is very triggering for eating disorder sufferers it's they're referring to these kind of shows as deadly not entertainment essentially it's being argued in the article she says it's being argued that one unhealthy swapping one unhealthy diet for another is taking an unnecessary risk with the contestants health to which channel 4 replied that this t- all takes place under the supervision of medical experts okay one of the ambassadors for the chief executive for BE Susan Ringwood stated we feel the time has long gone which when such programs serve any purpose they don't educate or inform anyone and they certainly don't make life any better for someone who has an eating disorder eating disorders are complex mental illnesses they are not diets gone wrong and they are not entertainment and um, one thing I also said uh, a few different like as as much as the show is saying we use health experts yeah they don't mention the amount of health experts who will not go on the show so one is from wow. a clinical team leader um, at an eating disorders unit in Evan and Wiltshire said she was telephoned by the show's researchers and she said, I was not given a clear idea of the show's format, but from what I was told, I concluded it was unhealthy and I did not want to be associated with it. Nick Watts, a trustee for the charity of Men Get Eating Disorders 2, reports that he would receive up to 30 calls every week and countless emails harassing him for the details of severely underweight men. He claims that he was... From the show. From the show. He claims... Oh my God. That he was told... He told the show's producers repeatedly that he and his organisation did not agree with the ethos of the show and yet would get the calls continued, which he began to ignore. Um, in March 2001, Natasha Devon, director of Body Positive Image Campaign, Body Gossip, blogged her concerns about the way the eating disorders were, you know, uh, portrayed within the supersize, branding it reductive. And Dr. Christian Jensen himself, the doctor from the show, handsome Dr. Christian Jensen, took to Twitter in response to Natasha's blog, claiming that they used the country's leading experts. However, once again, as the article says, but he doesn't in any way admit that a lot of experts yeah. do not agree with the show. One thing I want to end with um, with the show is that one researcher from the University of West England Centre for Appearance Research said, reality shows that focus on weight loss tend to heavily promote the idea that a body is malleable and that any size, weight or shape can be obtained. These programs often reinforce the unrealistic thin beauty ideal by using body weight and weight loss as an indication, an indicator of participant success e.g. through weekly weigh-ins, which you mentioned, Connor. And they often show an oversimplified relationship between weight, status and health. And Connor, that, that quote actually really resonated with me because obviously, it, you, to the point you made before in the show, you know, this idea that the reason why these shows actually resonate with people is the very instant success we get to visually see of someone suddenly losing yes. weight and we go, great, success. Visual success that makes sense to me. I don't need anything else explained. So that's kind of what they're saying. They do not take into account, never once on the show did I hear someone go, you know, like genetically speaking, you also might tend to 
you know, hold weight. Like, you know, the idea is, and genetically speaking, some of these people might just be smaller people. Now, I'm not saying they have the healthiest diets or like, you know, everyone needs a little bit of education, I think, from time to time on food and what can help here or there. But also, you know, a lot of these people, I'm I'm also wondering, what's their background? Like, what do they work as? I wonder what their budget is. Like, I wonder how much money they have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not all Has there are- been a sufficient psych evaluation going into the show? Yeah. Like, you know, do they even talk about that in the show? I don't know. No. I can't yeah. imagine it being even helpful if it's like, okay, let's talk about your trauma and why you might be in this situation. Yeah. And then after that, after your two o'clock appointment with the psychiatrist, we're going to bring it to the food tube. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. That just doesn't, that doesn't uh, connect. I, like, I, love, I love the idea of being like, tell me about your childhood, strip down to your underwear and we're going to bring it to the food tube. Thanks, Emil. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's not exactly promote, it's not showing a load of care for the participants. No, but I think that article you found, Grace, is really just, it says it all. It's it's brilliant. And what really stands out to me about it, I mean, there's just so many aspects of it that I could really talk about for a whole episode. But the thing that really stands out to me is that that is one article that yeah. we're able to find through the the research on the internet. And if you can imagine how many people must have been involved in that show, how many people turned down that show, how many people, you know, walked yeah. away from it before even being involved. Um, how many stories out there are like that, you yeah. know, of, of not not just with that show, but of all of the fat diet things we talk about that just aren't being shared, yeah. that aren't being uh, revealed because of so many reasons. And one of them that you kind of touched on as well is that like if you're a person who's been through a process like this and you have, quote unquote, failed yeah. at it. Uh, you've lost maybe a few pounds on the program and then put it back on. How likely are you to go, you know, to come out and say, hey, I failed, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, everybody, uh, because there's this sense of like shame and um, disappointment that you didn't try hard enough, you know, because it's yeah. this, this like idea of blaming the person for not trying hard enough. So there, there's so many, uh, there's so much kind of red tape around actually finding these stories. So I think that's brilliant. And then the other aspect of it is this idea of um people's bodies being very easily malleable yeah that's something that i want to talk about on a further episode that's also to do with a diet show but i think that's really interesting that it has been brought up in this article as well yeah yeah um yeah it's that article what i found so interesting was the date the fact that it was 2012 when the show was running Mm. That was a quite an extensive article to be published around the, the time that this oh, was yeah. a highly Damn rated it. show. And like the thing about, I will say, about media in particular, you know, I, I think a lot of people think like, oh, there's so many people in media, blah, blah. But like a lot of the people, the reporters and stuff, there's not that many, like, you know what I mean, who are working full time on in newspapers and stuff. So they also kind of have to keep certain places sweet like as in like you know you can't kind of sometimes be out and out be like how could we possibly let this be on the air because maybe you want to then get access to some of the other shows that channel 4 are producing or sure you know like that i find it very interesting that like you know this came out in 2012 and it was well researched and they got a lot of people who said like we didn't want to be part of this but like the next article i could find was kind of 2018 so that was a look back so much easier to kind Mm. of look back and maybe um, critique a show that no, nowadays I don't think would make it to air. Um, oh, that was such a crazy time in our lives. <laughs> yeah, it's only a wild like period. A, few, a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, the article from the New Statesman, um, Amelia Tate wrote in 2018, 
kind of was looking really at um, she kind of looks from an anorexic person or a person with e- eating disorders perspective of the show. And um, the reason I want to just talk about it very, very quickly is that she talks to um, people who suffer from eating disorders and what that watching that show was like for them. So one is Lou, who is 20 years old and has watched the show for seven years. And um, the quote is, I've always been heavier and tried to lose weight, but whenever I was sad, I'd find myself eating again. And then I'd hate myself the next morning, she says, of her body image issues. It makes me feel bad because the show now, and um, it makes me feel bad because I'm afraid I'll end up really fat, she says of the show. I compare myself with the really skinny, blonde, pretty girls. And I know they're unhealthy, unhealthy, but I would love to be more like them. Supersize versus super skinny also provided Lou with extreme, extremely unhealthy weight loss tips. When I see someone skinny being skinny by just drinking green tea, then I'm like, whoa, I could try that, she says. But that's also someone with my mindset. I feel like a healthy person would never get any of those ideas. I really actually disagree with her there. I think a lot of people, even with healthy mind frames of weight and body image, would look and go, seeing a skinny person go like, oh, I just drink a load of green tea. And they'll go, do you know what? I might try that. Like instead of, you know what I mean? Instead of maybe getting my latte, I'll try the green tea. That might, you know, we are in such a, a diet culture that any of those tips do permeate even I think with the most um a person who might be quite happy in themselves they do they come through even with us yeah even even with yeah. you you and me yeah. are still susceptible to things like that I mean I don't want to speak for you but I just yeah. know that even with my own level of awareness around uh, diet culture and how insidious it can be yeah. uh, even from doing the show every now and again there's an article or a show or or some tip that comes out that you go, well, maybe, maybe oh, if absolutely. I took green tea supplements and garlic supplements or whatever, you know, yeah. which is a thing, you know, um, maybe if I took CBD, maybe if I d- skipped breakfast or yeah. did try a spot of intermittent fasting, maybe that could help speed along my weight loss. And, you know, that's coming from, you know, at least myself, if not both of us, that like, you know, imagine what it's like for someone who's really in the height of... I'll do anything I can to yeah. make my BMI go down, you know? Yeah. And I will say this, hands up, at the moment, I'm actually going through a pretty tricky period with my eating in terms of like right. how I view myself and how I'm dealing with it. I'm going back to reread a book on um, intermittent fasting. The latest lockdown has actually messed with my head a little. And also sure. because we weren't doing the podcast, isn't that so funny? Because when I'm ta- yeah. when I'm in the podcast, I actually tend to talk myself out and be like, this is a totally. bunch of bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But I genuinely, so people aren't, this isn't linear. The way we look at this is never linear. So even the people who are the most confident in themselves do have bad days. And a tip like this does come their way. And then suddenly they buy three boxes of green tea and they go, do you know what? I I think I might skip a breakfast and do that because then it'll help me out. So, you know, it's it's so interesting that you say that. And please always speak on my behalf. Men always do. And so (laughs) another quick one. The most cited in this article, the most cited study in this area undertaken in the 1990s found that after found that after television was introduced to Fiji in 1995, the number of eating disorder sufferers um, in the country soared. Which is very interesting. And um, one thing they note um kind of like almost a bit like, well, isn't this a bit ironic? Dr. Christian Jensen recently tweeted, now this I think was in like about 2018. Dr. Christian Jensen recently tweeted 
tweeted a critique of modern TV, noting more than half of 18 to 34 year olds feel that reality TV and social media have a negative effect on how they see their bodies. Having glimpsed Love Island, I can't say I'm surprised. (laughs) Now, I find that a bit ironic coming from the fact that he (laughs) presented a show called Super Size versus Super Skinny and he thinks Love Island might have added to the problem. He also did Embarrassing Bodies as well, which is like the ultimate in like be embarrassed and yeah. self-conscious about your body whether it's like a, a size issue or a medical issue yeah. or both yeah it yeah. usually is i know and um, yeah so that's really all i have one i wanted just two things I, I tried to look up um what happened to past participants very hard to get any information on it i will say very sadly um one of the supersized contestants laura lauren sorry died of a heart attack at the age of 21 um and on another note to kind of balance out, obviously I, I didn't go into too much of that. I just know that that is um, something yeah. that was reported, um, which is very, very sad to hear. Um, on another note, um, just to kind of give a little bit of balance, one of the other super skinny contestants um, uh, or participants, Vicky23, said that just 12 months after I filmed, filmed the show and started IVF treatment, I fell pregnant on the first attempt and she had find, found it very hard sure. to get pregnant due to her weight. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, listen, by by the article saying, saying like, you know, the show was story. positive um, for her. I will. The last thing I will say on the program about this show is they did do a version of the show called Super Size versus Super Skinny Kids. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's and uh, that ran for 50 seasons. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's wow. when I saw that, wow. I was like, oh that's my God. Not on, yeah, that's not, not on, on, lads. Not on. It's just being oh my like, goodness. I like alphabet, alphabet soup. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I, that's, that's horrendous. That yeah. is just, there's yeah. so much wrong with that. There yeah. is. Um, listen, that's, that's wow. all we have on the actual show itself. I know we ended on a bit of a dampener there. Um, all I will say is one thing I, I, I'm i going to say, these shows are becoming less and less frequent or at least, I mean, I don't know if a show like that would be made today. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that came up in the period, like you were saying at the start of the show, of The Weakest Link, yeah. the X Factor, Simon Kell, the Gordon Ramsay yes, style of yes. tough love, yeah. uh, judgmental reality TV series. Um, it feeds into this idea of, of as viewers, we're able to see a transformation happening. We're able to see people achieving their goals or not achieving them and being satisfied by that and judging them the whole way. Um, obviously, reality TV still exists. Yeah. Uh, the the judgment in viewers will remain, yeah. um, whether it's uh, through karaoke uh, yeah. on shows like X Factor or whether it's through uh, obtaining fitness goals like um, other shows that are out there yeah. probably still today. It, I guess it's they're trying to work around the um, the balance of it and the treatment of people yeah. on these shows so that it's less like, you know, drill instructor, shaming kind of mentality. Yeah. But it's still it, there. It, it, it's yeah. still there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, what I, I will say, like, even, you know, um, just it just popped into my head. There's a show called Revenge Bodies with Khloe Kardashian. Oh, and that is where that like mean? you get into shape to kind of like have revenge sure. on an ex. Oh, okay. Once again, it's that real like, oh, you look like shit now. 
yeah. <laughs> and, and in order to be happy, you should look more like Khloe Kardashian. Like it's, yeah. that's kind of essentially yeah. what the show is, is saying. And it's a very standardized beauty. Like mm. the hair oh, will yeah. be done. The eyebrows will be done. Maybe a cheeky little bit of Botox will be thrown in there. And it's, it, once again, it's not like these things are bad to happen, but it's the fact that the the moral of the show is, and, and I saw a tweet about this recently. One girl said, whenever I think I'm going to transform my life, I just realized what I actually mean is I'm going to lose weight or get into shape. Totally. So it's, it's all to do with, thing. it's all to do with the outside. I've never really heard someone say, I'm going to transform my life. I'm going to really like face my past demons, do a lot of meditation, maybe link up with a few friends. Like it's all maybe spiritual yeah. or emotional. Prepare my relationships. Yeah. And uh, build, build my emotional intelligence. Yeah. All the you know? time when someone says they're going to transform, what they mean is I'm going to maybe join totally. a gym, go on a diet. That's actually what they mean by transform. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, this is, it's an ongoing thing, but I think by learning about it, we can be more critical critical about these shows you know absolutely and if you find yourself uh having that itch to watch these shows and see what happens uh you know try to try to avoid watching them as much as possible and if you do watch them do take that pinch of salt of um like how am i reacting to this am i just watching this to judge these people is it going to trigger me on some sort of um unhealthy diet or thought process and if so change the channel yeah change that channel bro Watch, I think watch like, I don't know, watch like a, watch a David Attenborough documentary where he's talking about a lizard. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Does David Attenborough... Fat lizards. <laughs> this, this lazy lizard <laughs> lanking around a lake. <laughs> um, and that's been our show. Thank you for listening to us. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fad Camp. As always, we want to thank our producer, Darren Lee. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Great ratings and reviews really help more people find the show, and it would mean a lot to us. Make sure to share the episodes with friends and family or on your social media. Every listen helps. And we absolutely love hearing from our listeners. So please get in touch with any of your diet stories on fadcamppodcast at gmail.com. Listener.